Hey, look, we save hard drinks in here for men who want to get drunk fast, and we don't need any characters around to give the joint atmosphere. Is that clear? According to my calculations, we're about six days in to this Ukrainian Ukrainian invasion. It's only been six days. Six or seven days. It was last Thursday, Thursday morning. I look, I take no pleasure in being right about these things. <laughs> but when the president of the United States was saying they're gonna invade, mm-hmm. um, I couldn't think of any reason he would be saying that because it just seemed so risky to say something so directly. And he wasn't saying our intelligence indicates right. our, you know, according to our best estimates or anything like that. He was like, no, no, they're going to invade. That's what mm-hmm. our intelligence says. And I, I couldn't think of any reason that a president of the United States would say that unless they were sure that it was going to happen. Right. I believe him when he says, you know, he was hoping by doing that he might deter them from invading. Like, right. oh, well, now that, you know, now that you know we're going to invade, we're going to not invade and make you look silly. And, right. Like, we know what you're up to. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when I put the note out last Friday or Saturday, week and a half ago, mm-hmm. and said it looks likely that Russia is going to invade Ukraine, probably... Monday or Tuesday morning, I had read an article that said the reason Putin went to the opening ceremonies of the Olympics was so that he could meet with Xi Jinping. And mm-hmm. they they probably made some sort of agreement, like, just don't do it before the end of the Olympics. I don't want you to upstage, <laughs> upstage give the us, Olympics. Give us this. But then, see, that's what idiots they are at PR. It's like, nobody remembers the Olympics now. It's like, there were some Olympics? We don't... Yeah, yeah. Nobody remembers. Right. Uh, but so we'll get you caught up on where things stand. Um, a lot of you that are doom scrollers like me probably already know uh, <laughs> some of this information, but um, you haven't heard it from me and Paul. That's right. And don't don't you forget. This is just the whiskey talking. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. So apparently Russia, this is from improve the Find the link in the show notes. Russia has apparently ramped up. They said vamped up. I read this. It <laughs> oh. says Russia has, has apparently vamped up efforts to encircle Kiev. Well, it's going to be that kind of party. <laughs> Wait, that's Vogue. That's Vogue. Vamping is like, you know, getting kind of sexy at it. Oh, is that what vamping is? I, I couldn't remember what vamping is, but then I thought, I don't know if that's the wrong word. I mean. It also means stealing. It also means, apparently, refurbish. (laughs) In jazz and popular music, it's a short, simple introductory passage. The upper front part of a boot or shoe. Okay, I think they used the wrong word. All right, anyway. (laughs) We'll say ramped up. Russia has apparently ramped up efforts to encircle Kiev with a 40-mile-long convoy of military vehicles just 20 miles from the city. Meanwhile, a deadly attack reportedly took out the city's main TV tower on Tuesday, killing five. So I'm guessing uh, you knew all that already from TikTok. <laughs> yes. Yes, I did. Yeah. yeah. 
I follow two things on Twitter. One is the Kiev Independent, which is uh, at Kiev Independent, K-Y-I-V Independent. And the other one I follow is a reporter from the Kiev Independent, Ilya Ponomarenko. I guess we're all going to get better at pronouncing Ukrainian and Russian names. Over this the coming is true. Week. We're all going to become experts. And he is at I-A-P-O-N-O-M-A-R-E-N-K-O. I'll put both of those in the show notes. But yeah, I knew about both of those things through that. I saw the video of the TV tower being attacked. Mm-hmm. Like how Cold War era is it that the Russians think, ah, we will take out the TV tower. Then they will not have any information. <laughs> That's that to me. That's part of what we talked about before about how different this is. Because ever since I said that to you, I've been thinking about what it mean, what I meant by when I said this is it's it's more different than anything else we've been through. You know, we talked about how maybe it's a race thing, culture thing, whatever, and the threat of World War Three thing. But it's just that it's a it is a small world now. It is a very yeah. small world, and there is more than one access to the information. And <laughs> taking out a TV antenna, oh no, that's gonna the three grandmas that still have regular antenna TV in, in Ukraine are gonna be pissed because they're gonna <laughs> miss their soaps. <laughs> if anything, they should have left that TV tower up because you know they would want to be reporting state-sponsored uh, TV from Russia. I heard, right. again, in the realm of we don't know what's real, what's not real. I heard that, the that, and maybe you saw something on TikTok. Somebody <laughs> said the internet went down like when this invasion started, but then it came back up. And then, mm-hmm. of course, because Elon Musk is Elon Musk, he came out and tried to take credit. Now, I don't know if he's if it's true or not, Yeah, but I've he was that. like, oh, yeah, we put a bunch of Starlink uh, satellites over Ukraine so they could have internet access. I would not if put that true, past him. If if true, uh, good on him, right? For all of his other faults, and he's got plenty, um, good on him. And I, again, it wasn't him. It was his company. He yeah. happens to be the head of the company. He didn't pick up the phone and say, hey, I want satellites over there, and here's their coordinates and all that. Yeah. No, his company was like, hey, you know what we could do, boss? And he was probably like, yes, do that, and I'll take credit. He's the Thomas Edison of the current, you know, inventor billionaire elites the thing is though about that real quick is he just made his sales pitch yeah and it was a good one yeah yeah and and i agree with you that uh and the reason it's a good sales pitch is the thing you just said Uh, by the way everybody dan carlin just released an episode of his political podcast called common sense I'll put a link to that in the show notes. It, you know, obviously I'm a Dan Carlin fanboy. Um, but <laughs> I've noticed it, it really summarizes a lot of, and a lot of what he says may sound familiar. I promise you, he had not said anything prior to last night when he published this podcast. The fact that it sounds similar to what I've been saying just means I'm just as smart as Dan Carlin. That's, what that means. <laughs> That's right. But but he made the point in his podcast, which is a great point, another to your question about why is this different, or to your point about why this is different. 25 years ago, Russia could have invaded Ukraine 
And it might have made the headlines a couple of times. You yep. know, the president, our president, the U.S. president might have made a couple of speeches, you know, mm-hmm. sternly. There have been some sternly worded uh, diplomatic cables, you know, mm-hmm. maybe a few sanctions. But we would know nothing about what's going on on the ground. Whether no. Ukraine, we would all probably be sitting here and forget the political situation 25 years ago. I'm talking about the technological situation 25 years ago. We would have all been kind of like, Ukraine, isn't that part of Russia? What's going on? Are they, maybe they're just putting down a rebellion. <laughs> right. And Russia would be able to control the narrative because right. the information that would be getting out would basically be coming from the Russians. Right. right. And right. we'd all be like, yeah, this is post Cold War. Uh, there was probably some kind of rebellion. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know. I'd probably side with the Ukrainians, but whatever. You know, how about those Olympics? <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. right, right. Now the uh, internet has turned turned the whole thing into a war room with cute cat videos. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Is that one of the things you wrote down? Yes, that's one of my. Yeah, okay, good. The top, the top one. <laughs> it's on your. It's on your list. <laughs> Actually, it was gonna be. I was gonna make a meme out of it on Facebook, but I haven't had time yet. All right. So that's that's the first bullet. Uh, In Kharkiv, which if you've been following, Kharkiv is that that town that's farther east in Russia. Kiev's the capital. Kharkiv is uh, farther east. Supposedly more under their mostly Russian-speaking people there. Um, Russian, uh, more of... There's more affinity to Russia over there uh, because they're closer and there's the culture and the language. Mm Mm-hmm. But they still haven't, the Russians still haven't been able to take that town because the people are like, uh, uh, uh. (laughs) (laughs) But in Kharkiv, heavy shelling has continued with at least 10 civilians reportedly killed on both Monday and Tuesday and dozens injured. Russia may soon launch a ground offensive to seize the city. I mean, there's nothing good about any of this, but if there's any, like... If they're still reporting 10 civilians killed, we at least know it's not in the thousands at this point. Yeah. Isn't it crazy, though, that we know 10 civilians were killed before, like you said, 25 years ago, it would have been, you know, they would have just shown a little bit of footage and talked about, you know, collateral damage, collateral damage. And now we can like we can pin it down to the number of people because information travels so fast. Yeah. In the south, Russian troops have likely secured control of Kursan and claim to have completed the land and sea encirclement of Mariupol. Mariupol. Though Ukraine denies this. So we're in the stage now. Amazingly, so this the invasion started in earnest. It really, to me, it started like Tuesday because that's when they went into the Donbass region. Yeah, they were there and we yeah. all thought it was a a bluff, you know. Yeah, Look we at were us, hoping. We're strong. Yeah, we were hoping we were it was a blow. Hoping against hope, right? But then, uh, oh, somebody said this is one of the uh, a quote I heard. Um, the, it's famously said, you know, Putin plays chess, not checkers. You mm-hmm. know, he's always playing like this 3D chess game, right? I mean, he's the, the Russians are known genius, for their chess. Right? Yeah. Uh, and somebody said he's gone now from playing chess to playing poker. <laughs> <laughs> Strip poker, if you can. Yeah. <laughs> And we'll get to, was that a, one of your bullets? <laughs> no, I was just thinking about the picture where he's bare-chested riding the bear, you know, and, or the yeah. horse. Yeah. So we'll get he's, to he's been playing here. strip poker for a while. Yeah, no kidding. 
Uh, and we'll get to Putin here in a minute because uh, uh, once we get caught up here, we'll we'll get to some of this. What what is really what what's he doing? Um, so this <clears throat> we're sick. We're let's see Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So today this is like day six or day seven, depending on when you count the beginning. They still haven't taken control of a city, right now. <clears throat> You could get back to comparisons with the U.S. invasion of of Iraq, <clears throat> excuse me, in 2003, and some people have tried to do this, but there's no, there's really no comparison. It, the strategy in Iraq was to bypass all the major cities, take Baghdad first. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact, so I would, be, I'd have to go back and look, but I would say we were a couple of weeks into that war in 2003 um, before the U.S. took any major cities, but mm-hmm. that was the plan from the beginning. Like the, they said that, and our supply, the U.S. supply. I gotta, I, I've been trying to think more internationally. I gotta stop saying when I refer to the U.S., I'm gonna stop saying our. It doesn't make me less patriotic. It's just I'm trying to think more globally. Anyway, well, just by saying our, you are thinking globally. Put put it in your head that way. Only if I'm talking about citizens of the world. <laughs> So the U.S. supply lines remained intact. Everything it was completely different. We could do a whole show on how that was different, but but now we're starting to hear that perhaps the Russians have taken control of Kherson. But that again, that's one of those cities over in the east. That's like, well, they didn't they already have that one? <laughs> you know, right, right. Congratulations, you took a city that people were like, were you already in charge there? But the citizens are fighting back, mm-hmm. which the Russians didn't expect. Okay, meanwhile, Belarusian forces are thought to have joined the war in support of Russia, despite denial from the Belarusian president, Lukashenko. Um, that's interesting. I mean, I find the, the Belarusian point of view here interesting. We haven't heard much about it. Mm-hmm. They're, they're their own country, just like um, Ukraine. Right. They're, and they've had similar internal strife over should we align with russia should we be more independent just like ukraine has had mm-hmm. but the but the belarusian uh russian aligned folks have been able to remain in power it's unclear to me whether the citizens of Belar- belarus feel that way mm-hmm. so by them joining the conflict what are the citizens of that country going to do well historically it hasn't gone well for any citizen who's tried to come out and protest the current this Lukashenko regime mm-hmm. it's not gone well at all. People have been killed, imprisoned, poisoned, you know, all that stuff. So that'll be interesting to watch. At least 136 people, including 13 children, have been killed in Ukraine since the start of the invasion, according to the UN. And the UN's court, their high court, has set dates for hearings next week as Ukraine's request that it order Russia to halt. Like what? Okay. <laughs> that UN court, I'm just like, you know, I don't know who's going to win, who's going to lose, but the UN will certainly be seen as like, maybe just take security off the table for the UN, you know, just mm-hmm. negotiate trade deals and try to figure out climate change. But they're pretty much useless when it comes to people invading each right. other. You focus on your strengths. And then finally, uh, Zelensky, Captain, <laughs> Captain Ukraine. Yeah has called on Putin to stop bombing Ukrainian cities before any meaningful ceasefire talks can even start. 
He's also urged NATO members to impose a no-fly zone to stop the Russian Air Force. Mm -hmm. That would be... Do you think that... Well, do you think that would do anything, though? Well, I think a no-fly zone would certainly help the Ukrainians quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, It would be, to me, a major escalation. And uh, I hope they don't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Just because I believe in, in this game of chess... Or poker... Poker, um, I think it would signal, or at least to me, it would signal a major escalation because a no fly zone means now you've got non Ukrainian. In, in fact, when the when that story popped up yesterday or whenever it was that the EU countries, some EU countries may be donating some jet fighters mm-hmm. to Ukraine so mm-hmm. that Ukrainian pilots could go f- use them in the war, I thought, okay, on one hand, you could go, well, they're already, you know, countries are already sending weapons, the U S Germany, Netherlands, you know, they're already sending weapons. Is a fighter jet. (laughs) Would that be considered like, okay, it's one thing to send these tank killing things, but it's, it's just a weird, like situation we're in, you know? Mm-hmm. Like is a fighter jet considered? So even when they were talking about sending fighter jets, I was like, "Oh man, that that almost seems like ratcheting it up." Yeah, you know. Well, yeah, but when you're level. when you're looking at a forward at a forty mile long convoy headed your way, they ain't gonna pay no toll. So you gotta do something, and an airstrike well, would be would basically end it. Well, define end it. End what? the the convoy okay but that but then what well i should do well i know i'm just saying (laughs) i wasn't i wasn't saying that was the solution i was just saying (laughs) that would end it so the i think the with that convoy that i find interesting and again who knows i i heard a i heard an interview with a one of the ukrainian citizens that you know grabbed a rifle and joined the defense force Mm mm-hmm like the question was, who's winning? And mm-hmm. he said, well, Ukraine is winning the information war. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's absolutely right. And and then the reporter says, is Ukraine winning the physical war? Right. And he says, well, I can't really say anything about that. <laughs> I don't right. want to give away any details or anything. And that told me everything I needed to know, which is, uh, what we're in the middle of, my belief, what we're in the middle of right now is we, Ukraine would have been done within a day or two if they hadn't been able to get the initiative in the information war. Mm-hmm. Um, Zelensky doing what he's done, um, you, average Ukrainian citizens, TikTok, Twitter, everything that's been happening that shows the Ukrainians are holding their own. Mm-hmm is the reason that um, this thing isn't over yet, I believe. On which, so who, so who are you saying would end up on top then? Were you saying that Russia, they would for sure. Russia would have basically, okay. Yeah, yeah, because by now, they would have done what they did in Chechnya and Georgia. Right, right, right. Which they may still do. Um, and, and they would just be like, screw this, we're, we're taking over. Especially mm-hmm. if, if because since Ukraine appears to be holding their own, 
and everybody's like rallying around them because everybody loves an underdog who like gets a good punch in the nose against the right. enemy, right? Against the, uh, you know, it's, it's like Rocky Four, right? Everybody loved it when Rocky's so much shorter than Ivan Drago and he like punches him and everybody's like, whoa, you know, the, the little guy's, you know, winning. Everybody <laughs> loves that, right? Yeah. And since everybody loves that and everybody's rallying around Ukraine, that's how you get all these sanctions, like these un, unprecedented, is word you hear too much, especially in the, especially in 20, these past three years of 2020. Right. Um, but the reason you're getting the international community like really socking it to Russia right now, mm -hmm. I believe is the fact that Ukraine's holding their own. If Russia had been able to roll in, right, um, and we didn't hear that Ukraine was holding their own, we didn't have Zelensky. If Zelensky had run away to Germany or whatever, mm -hmm. um, we'd all be like, "Well, it's only a matter of days or weeks, but Russia's going to win this thing, right?" So why bother antagonizing them more? Maybe they'll stop at Ukraine. It would have been like the Sudetenland, right? Maybe Hitler will stop in the Sudetenland and won't invade Poland. It would have been like that, I think. But yeah. if the Sudetenland had TikTok and could have shown what was going on and like, hey, we're really giving them hell here, then the world might have been like, hey, maybe we can stop Germany you know, here. Mm -hmm. so that's my point. So when we see things like, wouldn't it be great if so, – so I've seen uh, – it, it's just funny the kind of people you see this stuff from because it's predictable. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, people who still think there are, I heard this one from Neil deGrasse Tyson just the other day on climate change. Somebody said, what do you say to climate change skeptics? Like people who are skeptical that uh, climate change is real and is being caused by humans. And he said, first of all, I don't elevate them to the level of skeptic. <laughs> he's, like, he's like skeptic is a level they don't deserve it's right ignorance <laughs> yes okay yes there is no such thing as a climate change skeptic all mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. uh so there are there are there are climate change skeptics and those are good well, you want those because they're going to challenge the science they're going to bring yeah. other science they're going to suggest other experiments we could be doing stuff yeah. like that it's how he's we talking about the done. people who read one book and think they're especially. So I got or, this friend. I if this, read a book at all. I got this friend from college who's a brilliant engineer, right? Mm -hmm. But he's, he works at, at an oil refinery and thinks he has any moral authority to talk about climate change, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, it's not real because we need to keep burning fossil fuels. So anyway, it's people like that, like him and a few other people who are like, Biden's not doing enough. We should send troops to Ukraine. We should bomb Ukraine. We should have a no-fly zone in Ukraine. And I'm like, dudes, Russia still has nuclear weapons. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Putin, we have no idea what his state of mind is. The entire Cold War, we were able to assume rational actors on the other side, mm -hmm. right? So all the moves we would make assumed that the other side didn't want to obliterate themselves. Yeah. Right. We don't know what's going on in Putin's head right now. Mm -hmm. And it's almost as if people have forgotten the devastation that uh, a, a nuclear war would cause. You know and they almost they almost think that this whole remember remember mad mutual assured destruction. Yeah. Which to me, the first time I heard that, I'm like, that is the dumbest thing I have ever heard in my life. That's like. Calling each other's bluff is what you're doing, and that's freaking dangerous. 
with with nuclear weapons. It's like when we were kids and you would close your eyes, you'd take like some uh, like an electrical cord or something and just start close your eyes and just start swinging it and walking <laughs> toward your brother. Right. What kind I did of that childhood. I was like, what kind of childhood did you have? I did that. And my brother still remembers it. He's like, I thought you were crazy. I'm like, that was the idea. That's the only way I could get you to back off, you know? <laughs> but, um, you know, think about this. Like like you said, it seems like it's almost like people have forgotten, right? Like mm. we were coming of age. We we were turning 18, 19, 20, as we heard mm -hmm. in software history, mm -hmm. when the Cold War ended. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So maybe 10 years younger than us people who were eight 10 years old when the cold war ended maybe they have an inkling of a memory but not really right. we're really only talking about people maybe five years younger than us right. so maybe 45 mid 40 mid to mid to late 40s anybody who's not in their mid to late 40s of course they don't remember because they didn't grow up during that time right 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 so now we've got a generational thing going on if you're a millennial you're gen z love you guys mm -hmm. But um, it's really Gen X who remembers. It's the it's the next generation that's kind of like, we're supposed to have done whatever it is you do to keep people from forgetting shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> to mm -hmm. say, we need a societal memory. And if you're like thinking, oh, let's just go bomb, you know, the Russians in Ukraine and we'll win and then we'll go home and Putin will go, well, I didn't think of that. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. Oh, I guess I'll try something else later. You know, no, that's not how that's going to go. You know? And they wonder why nothing phases us. <laughs> yeah. So there's the question of what what's going on with Putin. Right. And we'll, we'll get to it in soft core history. But the, the long story short, if you look at it, if you believe the the press, mm -hmm. the, the Russian press is basically we made some assurances at the end of the Cold War. Uh, the West did that there wouldn't be an expansion of NATO toward Russia's borders. And if you know anything about Russian history, you know that there's a, there's a, um, if you can pass trauma from one generation to the next, Russia's mm -hmm. nothing but trauma, right? Cause they've been mm -hmm. invaded. And those invasions were in the tens of millions of people killed. Um, so they, those, those Europeans have long memories. Well, um, the, you know, we're talking about recent, relatively recent stuff well and yeah so, but i mean in general in general absolutely but if you're russia um you're great I, I heard this one the other day it was actually a ukrainian person saying my grandmothers told me stories about kiev being shelled mm -hmm. during world war ii mm -hmm. and just how the the city was leveled and mm -hmm. how many people died and how awful it was when the Germans came through, mm -hmm. right? My grandmother, yeah, she was well, saying, right? That, yeah, that's the it thing. It don't take about, a long memory to be like, this is what happens when we let people invade us. Right? That's true. That's true. Yeah, um, it'd be like your grandfather telling you stories about the, when the Russians came through Chicago. You know, <laughs> well, my dad's told me stories about when World War II ended. So yeah, people yeah. people can't yeah. figure out. But when I talk to them, they're like, how, how long, how old is your family? I'm like, well, I have, you know, my parents remember World War II. <laughs> you know, yeah. most people don't have that. Their, their grandparents do. Hell, my, my grandfather remembered World War I. So. And, uh, you know, Vladimir Putin and a lot of the leadership in the Soviet Union are, he's 69 years old. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So born in the fifties. That sound about right. Same thing. Um, yeah. My mom was born in 47. Yeah. So yeah. Born in the early fifties, grew up during the cold war with his parents telling him stories about what happens uh, if you're not vi- vigilant. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that's what I meant by long memories. Just there's such a, there, there's a short chain because they're, their ages are a lot more stretched out than ours are generally. So then um, he's watching NATO get closer and closer. And so as the story goes, we had to do something. Russia has to do something preemptively. Uh, They also have this weird story about how, and it's mostly propaganda. I don't even think they believe it, but like how Ukraine was taken over by Nazis uh-huh. And like it's just a, like the Nazification. And like Zelensky's Jewish. He had a couple relatives die in concentration camps. Uh-huh. So I really don't think he's a Nazi. Um, but anyway, long story short, that's their side of the story. The problem is it doesn't make any sense <laughs> from uh-huh. from any other perspective. Um, so the invasion was probably my guess is done for authoritarian reasons. Let's say, uh-huh. <laughs> you know. Uh, but it's backfired. So there's this story, and I think this will be my last point. Okay. Because we're we're pretty far into this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll make two more points. One is uh, Twisted Sister. <laughs> 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 With their famous song, We Are Not Gonna Take It. Mm-hmm. Uh, some anti-maskers tried to uh, use that song as their rallying cry. We're not gonna take it. D. Snyder said, no, you will stop that right now. Yeah. Again, this is our short. This is America's short memory. They don't they don't remember the uh, parental advisory BS that happened 35 years ago. So then the Ukrainians have started using that song as their rallying cry. (laughs) And and D. D. Snyder said, be my guest. That's (laughs) right. Like, I never liked Twisted Sister when we were growing up, but I. Well, D. Snyder's not. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he's he's yeah, their music was kind of, you know, the of the time. But he's got a head on his shoulders and he knows how to use it. So on the question of Vladimir Putin, mm-hmm. uh, there's a quote that this is from 15 or 20 years ago or more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a story he told a reporter about when he was a young child in St. Petersburg, grew up in a poor area, you know, one of those Soviet uh, concrete looking mm-hmm. uh, Soviet apartment buildings, just full of rats. Um, and he said there on, and I'm not going to do a Russian accent, but imagine Vladimir Putin in Russian there on that stair landing. I got a quick and lasting lesson in the meaning of the word cornered. There were hordes of rats in the front entryway. My friends and I used to chase them around with sticks Once I spotted a huge rat and pursued it down the hall until I drove it into a corner. It had nowhere to run. Suddenly, it lashed around and threw itself at me. I was surprised and frightened. Now the rat was chasing me. (laughs) So if you, you know, this is a pretty perilous time right now. Yeah. If if Putin is that cornered rat, what's mm-hmm. what's what's that look like? What's he gonna do? Well, hopefully not leap out. But yeah, when you're cornered, when when animals are cornered, that's what they do. And he's not exactly the most human 
<laughs> well, history is full of authoritarian figures uh, who went nuts in their last days, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Was as good of a chess player as he was, as you know, rational as he's been, as patriotic of a Russian as he's been, and just wanting the best for Russia and rebuild its former glory or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever you might have said about that in the past, who knows what, you know, this is his invasion of Ukraine not going well. Um, he is, he's 69, which is young. You can be in great health at 69, but, you know, you don't have all the faculties you used to have. Right. And what exactly is in his head right now? Right. So if you're the U.S., if you're Europe, um, if you're Ukraine, you fight, you fight. <laughs> yeah. And uh, if you're Europe and the U.S., you help the Ukrainians fight. I'm not so sure I would do much more than what we've already done. Uh, right. But we'll see. Right. Now you want to watch? go watch some TikToks. What other bullets <laughs> you got on there? We'll send it on a lighter note. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hang on. The only uplifting one I've got is the uh, story of the Ukrainian grandmother. Who, uh, you know, the, the Russians are basically, Russian soldiers are basically wandering around Ukraine looking for food. Yeah. And supposedly, if the sources are real or not, this little old lady lives alone. Russians go up begging for food. She's like, sure, come on in, come on in. So she, they, she, they go into her house and she proceeds to whoop up some food for them and loads it down with laxatives. Ooh. <laughs> and of course, almost, well, you know how it is. Almost immediately, these, you know, soldiers Truly. have the shits. So while they're taking turns back in the bathroom, she basically went outside, barred the door and set her house on fire. Oh my God. Now, now, now that, that keeps in tradition of uh, St. Olga, if you, if you know anything about her. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Now that may, that may not be true, but I want to think in my heart of hearts, it is true. I couldn't find anything to the contrary. So nothing you just heard. <laughs> was true and it well, was hey, the whiskey talking <laughs> you can't blame it on us that's that was the whiskey talking that's right <laughs>